This episode of The Sleeper and the Bus is brought to you by Out of the Park Baseball 19, the best baseball strategy game ever made. Available now on PC, Mac, and Linux platforms. It's officially licensed by MLB and the MLBPA, allowing you to take any team from any era, from any level, and run it the way you want with unprecedented depth, control, and authenticity. New features for this year include dramatic 3D ballpark and player improvements, an all-new tournament mode, allowing for infinite combinations, all new scouting systems, significant AI adjustments based on the latest trends, and so much more. Even better, if you order now through the Sleeper in the Bus podcast, you'll receive a special 10% discount off the retail price of $39.99 by going to OOTP Developments and clicking on the order banner. Just enter the code SLEEPER19 at checkout. Once again, just go to OOTPDevelopments.com, click on the order banner, then enter the code SLEEPER19 at checkout for a special discount that helps support the Sleeper in the Bust. Thanks. Welcome to episode 548 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It is Thursday, May 10th. I'm your host, Paul Spore, and I am joined by Mr. Eno Saris. Eno, what's going on, man? I am back, and now that your boss no longer employs me, hold on. Let's see if this comes through. Oh, oh. <laughs> I, I, think, I think somebody's having a drink. And it's not on the it's not on the clock. I mean, it doesn't matter. That's right. Um, I posted my piece exactly, and you did. And you know what? This timing couldn't have worked better. I, I don't know if when we were setting this up, if uh, if you planned it that way, but uh, you did put out a piece today that we're going to talk about extensively on command, and it was excellent. I will have it linked. Um, is there any sort of you know referral for people that haven't signed up for the athletic that I could put in the in the post too for people that are looking to uh, well. For anybody that does want to give me a little dap uh, on their way into the athletic, all they have to do is sign up using uh, like going to a piece of mine and okay. following the links. Okay, they record perfect. basically how people sign up. And if you came in through my piece, I would get credit for it. Perfect. So if you go look at the uh, command article, decide that you want to be on there. Plus, honestly, folks, you really should. You should give it a shot. There's a lot of great stuff there. But honestly, uh, and I'm not saying this just a jockey, dude, you alone would be worth the uh, the, the, the the pay over there. So um, it's a great piece. We're going to dive into it. We're going to talk about a few pictures before that with some news. Then we're going to talk about the piece. And then I'm going to have you assess uh, four pitchers right now, three that are going the wrong way, one that's going the right way. Kind of want to get your thoughts. These are some in-between pitchers that people are definitely having a lot of questions about. But let's start with the big news. Carlos Martinez down with a lat injury. First off, as I understand it, lats and obliques, uh, uh, that's interchangeable, yes? I am not a doctor, but sounds plausible. I've always felt that they are but if i'm wrong and so you're gonna say you always felt that i was a doctor i i have always felt that i have always respected you as a doctor Uh, i keep sending you my medical records and you you (laughs) don't give me a diagnosis but i just keep sending them it's weird i I should probably stop but uh yeah so he's going on the 10 day with the right lat strain um and again i i've known them to be interchangeable and they they terrify me uh for players the first one that i really remember zeroing in on was uh, Doug Fister when he was on the Tigers, and he just couldn't get over it, and it kind of robbed him of a full season. He was on and off the oh. DL. He wasn't really successful when he was pitching. I really remember it with David Wright. Uh, it was the, it was sort of the beginning of his injury phase. There was they're brutal. Yeah, there there was uh, it was there was one year where he started. Getting, I was like, what is a what is an oblique? And, yeah, now, and now they're <laughs> Do exactly. I have one? That's the thing. They 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 have any you know oblique injuries either because the diagnosis got better or whatever. They weren't as popular as they are now, and now they seem to be really popular. And they can nag and really kind of cut up a, a whole season. So let's hope that's not the case with Carlos Martinez. He's pitching uh, really well, and this is a guy that I've always liked and felt that he could kind of take that next level. And, and we're seeing a little bit of it this year, at least in the results. He does have an NL best 162 ERA uh, because it, due in large part to the fact that he's allowed one homer in 50 innings. His strikeouts are actually down and his walks are up. So he hasn't necessarily made changes to go along with it in his base skills, but he's allowing fewer hits, keeping the ball in the yard. So Carlos Martinez has pitched well. 
How concerned are you uh, about this last strain? Yeah, I watched uh, a fair amount of that last game, and he was it was his wildest of the year, I think. It's hard to sort of determine that. I sure. mean, he had six walks earlier, but you know, he didn't get any strikeouts. Was, you know, his his sinker was down to ninety miles an hour, ninety one. That's really low for him. Um, it, but otherwise, like you wouldn't might have not have noticed because he got through with two runs in five innings, and I think uh, the Cardinals won. I'm not sure, but in any case, it wasn't his best game of the year. Uh, in fact, it was his second worst game of the year by by game score, uh, and I'm sure this was affecting him. Otherwise, though, I, I kind of have always liked him as like an underappreciated ace. Agreed. You know? Fantasy ace for me. I would you know use the delineation of ace just meaning kind of. The, the Scherzers of the world that are bona fide aces everywhere, uh, but fantasy ace where they're like, yeah, like comfortably top 15, like exactly. you're in a 15 team league, like comfortable number one pitcher. Yeah, why not? I mean, he's going to give you strikeouts and the, the ground balls, you know, the home run suppression is real. It, it, he's not going to necessarily keep it down to point, you know, point two. two. Or yeah, <laughs> not, has allowed one but, in 50 innings. I think Carlos Martinez will allow a couple more, but uh, he, it is real. I agree. Yeah, and then you know where the where the rest of the league is giving up one point four or whatever, something nasty like that. He can even he even had a good layer last year with one point two. So I I think you know in in a given year he's probably a point eight home run per nine guy, which helps him when his strikeouts. <laughs> it's amazing, but his strikeout per inning is like getting to be below average. Yeah, it, and it's it's always been you know one of those ones where you watch Carlos Martinez in a given start and you see him strike out 10 and you're like, why isn't this here every time? And you look and he's got a bunch of high eights, low nines for his per nine rates, uh, which equals out to about 22 to 25%. Last year was a career high 25%. And, you know, I looked at Carlos Martinez on, on that home run rate last year. You mentioned the 1.2 and before the site went down, hit tracker online really showed that with the just enoughs and the luckies uh, for the homers that he had, that he was very likely to regress a 16 percent homer to fly ball rate was easily a career high for martinez uh now it's down to three percent so it is going to trickle back up but i do believe he is a home run suppressor i hope this is a uh, a minimal stay or at least a you know maybe two two to three one, weeks max one cool thing is that he added a cutter this year i mean some people think that cutter takes fastball velocity so you know it is interesting to see that he's down a couple ticks for the year but i think that's just natural progression you get older you're going to lose velocity and i think it's a good thing that he added that that pitch that means to me that this is a guy who's trying his best to stave off um you know what comes and you know like look at cole hamels he's still usable despite being 85 years old and uh one of the things he did this year was add a slider he just added another pitch out of out of thin air so um, that's something that keeps starters ticking when they lose velocity, whereas relievers kind of uh, fall off. So, as, you know, the book thickens up on them. They've got to adjust. He, yeah. uh, Carlos Martinez had a show me curve that he very rarely threw. So he shelved that entirely. He's gone into this cutter, which is distinct from his slider. His slider's more of one of the slower ones. Uh, we see so many high 80s, low 90s sliders. He's at 83 miles per hour with his, with that basically a curve. You know? Exactly. Yeah. So um, he's got all the pitches, all the stuff's there. It, you worry about a lat strain, but honestly, even with the risk of a lat strain, if I can catch a panicking team, I might yeah, go and see. I, I might go see what's what, just to see I'd what acquire. the cost is. It um, doesn't sound like it's not. It's not like biceps tendonitis mm-hmm. or forearm strain. I don't. I don't want to see any of that stuff in the arm. And they haven't said a month. You know, when the lat strains are the worst, they kind of say a month right off the top. It's ten day DLC stay. We'll see where it's at. Uh, yeah, go- you know, Kyle. I mean, it might not be a great example, but Davies was hurt. Zach and uh, he had, a, I guess, he, is he back on the Schneid? Maybe I shouldn't have brought him up. No, I, I think, think um, he just pitched the other day, yeah? Yeah, I thought he's I back just, from, uh, No, no, he's still shoulder. He's on the DL right now. Yeah. But he had a he had a, a, a lat issue where he uh, did something with his lat in spring, and then he was back on the mound like 10 days later. So it's, so you know, there are definitely hope. degrees, yeah. Yeah, they're not always terrible. Uh, let's move to Johnny Cueto. A quick news update with him. He was moved to the 60-day DL. I don't know if this was something that uh, everyone knew was coming. It just kind of stood out to me. That's why I wanted to bring it up. Um, how concerned are you about Cueto now that we know uh, we're going to have another month plus with him out? We knew it was going to be six weeks with the elbow strain. Is this just a um, 
what's the word I'm looking for? Is this just uh, logistical for them to get the extra space, or do you think that the injury is more severe than than was originally thought with uh, Quato's elbow? Yeah, um, it's a tricky situation. Uh, the least the last I heard is that they're gonna like wait a couple weeks for the swelling to go down to test the elbow. Okay, so they're uh, they in the did rest a phase contrast right MRI, which. You know, what is that compared to regular MRI? I would say he's not out of the woods yet. Uh, you know, I don't uh, – I would not buy in this situation. Um, if you have a DL – if someone dropped him and you can stash him on the DL, fine. But but then you cut him as soon as one of your, you know, big hitters or something. I think so. And, and, if he's, and if he's on your team and you already have three, you know, guys that are on the DL, he's, he's not quite cut. Give him these two weeks. Um, give me these two weeks so that, so that, you know, we get another piece of news and, uh, and that's what, that's all I can say. Yeah. I'm with you that. Know? Just be careful with Quato. I would not go out and acquire outside of, uh, picking up off the wire. I'm not giving any of my assets, uh, for Quato. Uh, best pitcher in the world is now on the Cincinnati Reds, Matt Harvey. <laughs> I, I didn't get to talk about it. I did a solo pod. I didn't really say anything on it. You think there's anything salvageable here? Just a point blank question. Harvey out to Cincinnati. You think there's anything here? We've seen reclamation projects of all kinds. Uh, Scott Casimir was pitching like an hour away in some uh, suburb in Houston, uh, you know, double A unaffiliated league, not even double A, like uh, A ball level affiliated league. Came back, had some good seasons, still knocking. I mean, he's hurt right now, but, you know, we've seen guys come from the depths. Harvey's still in the majors. Do you think there's something salvageable? Or is the stuff degradation plus the attitude too much to overcome? And do you think he'll react negatively to going getting shipped out to Cincy? Well, I mean, I think he will. It, it might be a wake up moment. You know, this he's been a star in New York, and now he has to kind of put his nose to the grindstone and figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, you know, his his swing strike rate and his strikeout rate stuff has been has just been bad for 115 innings now. And there's just, you know, I wanted to say, you know, okay, he used to not have great command, but he used to average 96, and so command didn't matter. But, you know, I do have this new command leaderboard, and he grades out as about average. The other thing that I can say is that he used to throw four pitches that were all legit pitches, and now he kind of looks like a fastball slider guy. Yeah. Um, and that's that's been that's been happening for a while and has been has been just exacerbated since the surgery. Uh, he's thrown he hasn't thrown 10 percent curveballs since his surgery and uh, his changeup has gone down to to 10 percent. So um, I don't know. I uh, it, it's uh, it's hard to say what, what I, I had a little bit of hope when he went to the bullpen and I Same. thought if he gets back to ninety five. He can be a fastball slider guy, blow it by people again, and um, you know, be a good reliever. And that may still be in his future. I think uh, I would say that's probably the most ho- uh, most hopeful thing I can say is you know, set, you know, starter eligible, market, yeah, starter eligible holds for a Reds team that won't give you many holds. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I mean, that, that's the thing though, because I don't think you know, it's, it's, he's like fighting against it, Harvey, as he doesn't believe he's a uh, a reliever and. You know, he's just sour about everything. It's like, listen, man, it hasn't worked out how you wanted. You were at the top of the heap. Injuries have certainly ravaged you, but it it's not just that. He has to have some accountability and just understand that, like, figure figure it out, man. I don't know. I'm I've I've worn thin of his act of of this just anger about everything. Like showing the outward anger doesn't make us think you care more. In fact, it kind of makes me think you care less. And, um, yeah, maybe it is a wake up call, like you said. And it also just like makes your, your work environment less enticing for the pitchers around you, the media have to cover you, anybody who's around you. Um, you know, I, I don't want, I I don't want like sort of slump shoulder. I mean, that's people like getting really mad at, and now we're talking psychology, which is, is pretty useless, but it is kind of interesting still. People get really mad at, at Brandon belt for the slump shoulders. And the idea that he doesn't compete hard enough, right? And and Cano for making things look easy. Yeah, yeah. And then, 
And then, you know, then there are the people who go and bust up the 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 dugout, you know? Yes. And just like and sometimes sweep people, it. Sometimes people get mad at that because I've seen someone like I've seen I forget who it was. Someone went in the dugout and was pounded on something and someone flying and hit somebody else and hurt yes. somebody else in the dugout. I've seen that. I don't remember and, what it was. I have seen that happen and it like legit. And then the other person somebody. and the other person like got in the guy's face and was like, get like get it together, get out of here. Because it's eyewash. Like Yeah. It's just trying to look like you care like so, so much. And, and even if it's not, like go into the tunnel and like get it out down there. Yeah. Like go swing in the in the little cages you have down there. Or just go, you know Don't ruin everybody. Don't like, do it around people. Don't do it in front of cameras. Like you know, I don't know. Yeah, they want to make it worse for for everybody else too. It's like we get it. You you, you caught a bad one, you had a bad outing, something bad happened. Like you said, take that back in the clubhouse. So and the we'll projections see. have have adjusted to this. I mean, it's hard for me to say that I have a reason I like him better than the projections. The projections have him as a five ERA guy, basically. I I can't find a reason to like Harvey right now. Five ERA sounds about right. Um, yeah. And I understand why Cincy did it, just to see if they can catch lightning in a bottle. I don't know if there's anybody in their organization. Mesoraco wasn't catching for them. He's yeah. a free agent at the end of the season, you know. Yeah. yeah, and if there's somebody in their organization that has a connection with him, perhaps. You know, sometimes you learn about that stuff down the line. Like there's some, you know, down-the-line coach that, that is there now, and he worked with Harvey back at North Carolina or something like that. I don't know if Cincinnati had anything in particular that made them say, hey, let's give this a go. We can kind of turn it around. But I, I, I do hope it turns around, even though I've we've kind of crapped on him and uh, I'm tired of the attitude. I just think it'd be cool to see it turn around because when Matt Harvey was on, he was awesome. And even if he turned into like a beast eighth inning guy or a closer, that would be fun. And I think it'd be good for baseball. Everyone likes the reclamation project. So let's, let's hope he can do it, but let's talk about the piece, the piece on command, the, uh, the, the exclusive at the athletic that did a great job. First off, excellent piece. We don't want to give away everything, but give us a quick little enticer for those that uh, have made a bad decision in their life and not subscribed to the athletic yet. <laughs> well, I think one of the things that's uh, so difficult about all the command stats that have come to this moment, and I've helped try to develop one with Andrew Perpetua. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there have been ones at, at Baseball Prospectus, and we, we've tried edge percentage at Fangraphs with Bill Petty. They've all been excellent, and they've all tried to use the, the data that we have available to us to figure out command uh, to one extent or another. So that those are... Uh, those are great. The problem is that they cannot account for what the pitcher intended to do. Bingo. Um, and I have a quote in there about Ryan Bookter saying, I, you know, like I have a high walk rate, but I don't think I have bad command. I don't give in. I don't like when I, when, when it's like three balls or whatever on a, on a lefty or on a righty. I pick a, a spot outside the zone and I'm going to try and hit that. And, you know, I, I'm not going to come into the zone just because he wants me to. So I'm not giving in. I'm actually trying to hit a, a spot outside the zone. And that might look like bad command, but, you know, that's where I'm, that's, that's my type of pitching. That's what I'm trying to do. And we've talked about it on the <laughs> other end with somebody like Michael Pineda, who does constantly give in and puts balls in the zone, doesn't walk anybody. So it's like, wow, he's so good. Look at that strikeout to walk ratio. But the home run rate just kept being high and, and you know, he would have blow up outings. And I think he's the complete opposite. He has good control, but he has terrible command. Pineda doesn't put the ball where he wants it regularly enough. And that's why he, he totes like a 1.6 homer per nine over the last three years. So those are the two ends of the spectrum. And we could, we'll take a quick step back because you put in, the article, the way I love to describe command versus control, because they are two different things. And we've talked about it on this show many times. Com control is putting the ball in the zone, just getting strikes, limiting walks. Command is putting the ball where you want, either within the zone or out of the zone, as Bookter describes. He's throwing low and away slider, hitting exactly where, uh, you know, the glove is. I think he's on Oakland right now. Is that right? So, you know, exactly where Luke Roy's glove is, but he didn't give in and so and the and the batter didn't go for it so it's a walk and everyone's like ah oh, that guy that guy has terrible command and control and it's like maybe he doesn't so um that with that setup what were you able to find and the building blocks of the other uh stats which you do outline in the piece what uh, what were some of your findings 
One thing that's really cool is that this also allows us to uh, do like secondary pitch command because in the past we've done sort of where the you know where the glove where the catcher's glove is how close are they to that target but that's I talked to Jonathan Lucroy and he's like that's basically for fastballs for breaking balls it's very hard to put it where you want to put it it's just you know they know where they want to put it and I know where they'd like to put it in the past and I just put my glove out at the last minute to try and frame it so if you watched Aaron Nola recently. And and you or you've listened to us like we've been talking about Aaron Nola forever and how he has great command and uh, he has, you know, top 10 curveball command. Corey Kluber has, you know, is 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 third in curveball command or second. So, you know, it, that's the sort of we've been talking about Aaron Nola as a possible like Corey Kluber type. And that's something they have in common. They both have great command. They both have great breaking ball command. So, um you know, that's that's uh, something fun. You know, Alex Wood has these crazy uh, has these crazy um, mechanics. Tasmanian Devil, as Doug Thorburn always called him. I, lo- I yeah. always loved that. Uh, and, you, you know, you, you'd think that that makes him wild. Alex Wood is the only pitcher, uh, I think the only one, that has uh, top 10 or top 15 uh Breaking ball and or curveball and changeup command. Oh wow! So Alex Wood has a curveball that's and and Noah Syndergaard uh, actually does as well. Which might also surprise folks because they, you know, you kind of look at it seems like he just throws he hard stuff. Yeah, he lives off of uh, elite velocity and nasty stuff, and no, he's out there with a plan and, and yeah. putting the ball where he wants it. Um, you know, some other uh, some other surprises might be like at the bottom. Um, I mean, it's not sort of a surprise, but right now his walk rate looks okay. Is Sean Newcomb? Um, he has uh, uh, bottom bottom ten command. Um, let's see, another guy that has Garrett Richards is bottom four command. Um, and I wonder if that's due in part to the fa- is this with his curveball or all his stuff for all Richards? all pitches. His stuff is so disgusting that it is yeah, difficult to probably, command. Probably pretty difficult to command. Lucas Giolito is last and. Everything. By a fair oh, margin. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. <laughs> it's been but it, it is actually hard. It is actually hard to find good walk rates. But, you know, Jeff Samarja is near the bottom in command. Uh, and he's always had these great strikeout minus walk rates. So I guess he's uh, a good example of someone who has control but not command. You mean White Copaneda? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> is that inappropriate? <laughs> I mean, I love it. I don't know. <laughs> I, I think that's fair. It's just a, uh, I mean, a blended way of saying white Michael Pineda. He's white Michael Pineda. He's been there forever. Uh, you know, here's another guy. Uh, Chris Archer has good walk rates. Mm-hmm. And he's got that same sort of Michael Pineda-esque uh, line for the last three, two, three years where he's had, you know, an ERA in the mid fours despite having great strikeout minus walk rates. And people are always like, oh, he's going to do better. Chris Archer shows up in the bottom 15 here for, for command. Um, that's not, and I, that, I think that makes sense when you watch him. Yeah, absolutely. Especially as it gets later in the game. He's struggling more and more these days, Archer is, with uh, with getting deeper into games. Uh, one thing I love about this and the fact that you did it at this very moment in time is it allowed you to talk about Joey Lucchesi, who has been a really interesting pitcher coming up out of nowhere, putting up some good numbers with his churve. Uh, what were you what were you able to find on the on the churve? Um, you know, it is actually he he represents in a way something that makes the, that 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 uh, a possible flaw or a possible difficulty in this, which is that he doesn't know exactly what the churve is going to do every time. So that that sounds like bad command, but it also makes it hard to appraise if it's bad command. True. <laughs> uh, because it has inconsistent movement as well as inconsistent placement. And you don't know what to compare to. Part of this is they take back foot curveballs and they say, oh, Aaron Nola was going to back foot that curveball right there. And so let's compare, let's compare Aaron Nola's back foot curveball to other Aaron Nola back foot curveballs, but also to other curveballs like Aaron Nola's from righties to the back foot of lefties mm. so that we can sort of create a hefty heat map. And, and see where Nola's curveball comes in, in that placement. Um, you can't really do that with Joey Lucchesi. And, and, and Rich Hill kind of comes to mind, too, where you have these guys that have 
these funky pitches that they manipulate and you don't know what to compare them to. So, yeah. but at the same time, it's, it, it raises bad command and let's put that aside and say, okay, maybe we, we don't know exactly how bad his command is. Uh, <laughs> this is going out a piece for tomorrow though. I, I, this is exclusive. Look, this is hilarious because he's, he's just a funny ass guy. <laughs> so Dennis Lynn asked him, about his curve and, and command. He says, I always have that pitch. It's my curve, whether or not I have the placement, but I always have my curve. <laughs> the phrase, I always have my curve. <laughs> also, I have it, whether or not whether or I not, put it anywhere. Whether or not it works at all. <laughs> it might go over there. Austin Hedges' head, but I always have my curve. What are you talking about? It's, it's there. I just don't know where to put it. That's hilarious. Uh, yeah, so, uh, so, but then on top of that, he has bad fastball command. So now we're talking about a two-pitch pitcher with uh, bad fastball command and, let's say, probably bad uh, secondary pitch command. Mediocre velocity, if that, below average, actually. Well, 90 from a lefty, is that average? Or is yeah, that still take below? Yeah, okay, so and you got a lot working against him. The reasons why that would work well in the beginning are crazy-ass uh, deception from mm-hmm. his you know, crazy-ass delivery – Crazy ass curveball that or change up that no one knows where it's going. Let's be fair the, to him, by the way. Uh, Lucchesi put up five innings, one hit on six, or excuse me, one run on six hits. It was a homer and six strikeouts with a walk against the Nationals yesterday. After a f- three kind of bumpier starts in a row, he came back with another good one against a, a solid offense. So he is still putting together good outings, but I have a hard time not seeing him get to like a 390 to 420 by the season's end. And he's at 298 ERA right now. Where do you think Lucchesi ends up? Back in the minors. Uh, I mean, it's it's certainly. I, I hate to be so bold. Uh, uh, he probably sticks. I think they need him. Uh, no, I think he'll probably just be like a league, league average guy going forward. Okay. I think he'll be, uh, you know, like a four ERA guy with yeah. a with a high whip. So not not like a Chris Archer type, but more like a a high whip. So more like um, before last year, Robbie Ray. Yeah, because he's gonna yeah, get some like strikeouts decent too. strikeouts. Yeah. But uh, we've already seen those strikeouts sort of dis- dissipate a little bit. Well, and so. he's, a, he's like a straight-up five-inning guy. He had a couple sixes there. And the, and the team's not going to give him wins. So Yeah, so it is tough on, on Lucchesi. I feel like if you have I, him still. I, I sold him uh, before the bad run yeah. and uh, and uh, got myself a little Addison Russell in a dynasty league. Let's go, Russell. <laughs> so he's very interesting I, I definitely was uh, glad that he was in there another name that I liked to see highlighted there was Tyler Molly I think that's Molly I really don't know for sure but um, he's been heralded for his command how did he come out when you were when you were running his pitches through the through the through the meat grinder there he did well and I think uh, there's good times coming for him I think this this home run problem he's got is going to go away um, he, let's see what overall he's eighth in overall command. Um, and in changeup command, he was eighth again. So he's got good fastball and changeup command. An interesting sidebar for that was that he has good slider command by the number, but he doesn't think his slider is there. So that could be part of what, what, uh, coalesces for him is that the slider command finally gets there. And then he has command of all three of his primary pitches. Can I share um, his quote on the slider from the piece? Yeah, it's pretty funny. There's no way it's my slider. My slider's terrible. He must be talking about someone else or something else. Molly told <laughs> Trent Rosecrans when told that his slider command rated as elite. I've just never yeah. figured out my slider, really. I've been able to locate my changeup, not my slider. That's funny you said that. I love yeah. that. Yeah, so uh, I had to put that one in just because, you know, maybe maybe it's wrong. Uh, but I, you know, one thing that I like is, and and there are some people who are uncomfortable with uh, intent, calling it mind reading or whatever, and to some extent it is. But we're never going to have a better command stat. Like we can, like all of the piece, all of the different approaches so far have basically been edge percentage. Even the better ones at baseball prospectus and the one that Perpetua and I did, which was more nuanced. It's basically just picking good parts in the zone and saying who throws to the good parts. Yeah. That's that's fine. But there are times when you don't want to throw the good parts. There's times where you accidentally throw the good parts. 
there are there are pitchers who just throw bendy breaking pitches that that go low in the zone. Um, that you know that's that's going to look like good command. But if you do that all the time, then batters can still square you up. Um, just look at pitchers that have broken out by starting to pitch inside, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they may not hit inside as well as as they hit down in the zone, but just by throwing inside, they're keeping batters off of down in the zone. So, um, you know, that might make their command look worse, but their command should be better because they're actually throwing to another place and, and doing it well. So um, I, I I think this is very interesting. I, I and uh, and, you know, mind reading aside, like, I think that in order to truly, and this is what pitchers say, is like you're never going to have a good command stat because you don't know what I meant to meant to do with that pitch. Well, what do scouts do? What do advanced scouts do? You know, they're sitting there going, okay, in most counts like this, he does this. Um, you know, and and these guys that work for stats, they they input into this. They say, oh, well, you know, Brian McCann likes to put his glove up uh, as a target for for breaking balls. But Gaddis doesn't, or Gaddis does, and Brian McCann doesn't, right? So uh, when Gaddis puts his glove out, you know, as a target, they can take it for granted that that's the target. Uh, but when McCann doesn't put his glove out, they use other cues, right? So they can use cues like count, and they can use t- uh, sequencing, past sequencing. They can use uh, past command uh, situations like Rich Hill. Like there's a curveball he just throws in the zone because he doesn't think they're going to swing. It's just somewhere in the zone. And then there are curveballs that he throws on the outside corner because he's afraid they're going to swing. And you can look at counts across Major League Baseball, and there are counts where people swing and there are counts where people don't. And then you can look at it uh, based on specific hitters where there are counts that they uh, swing in and the counts that they don't. So, um, you know, it is mind reading, but it's going to get us closer to understanding what the pitcher's intent was and how good they got to uh, to hitting the spot that they had in their head. There are times when the, the spot seems crazy or the spot is, is uh, a ball and we should give pitchers credit for that. Isn't the phrase don't let perfection be the enemy of good or something to that effect. Mm. And I think with trying to poke holes and everything, first off, that's fine to point out the shortcomings or whatever and critique and say, here's what we're missing or it is mind reading or whatever, but don't fully dismiss it because you don't think it's perfect yet if you if you read that and have issues uh, with with it. It's very different, you know. I mean, it's it's at least a something very different. Exactly. Like we haven't piece tried was this excellent. I, yeah, I think people definitely need to read it. Um, so yeah, so that's that piece. Don't want to cover too much more of it, so that people definitely want to read it. Uh, I want to end talking about four pictures here. Just get kind of your quick thoughts. Maybe you can either uh, assuage some fears for folks or drive those fears up and make them freak out. Let's start with Luke Ooh, Weaver. Let's freak out. Yeah, let's let's freak out. Luke Weaver was uh was a really high draft pick. Uh people were buying in from last year. You know, th- for some people he was kind of their uh Luis Castillo, right? That was the, the that's who they wanted to stake their claim on. Um he had only 60 innings last year, but you add in the 36 from the year before and a similar kind of sample of high quality work. They wanted to plant their flag with Weaver. We were planting our flag with Castillo. Uh, both camps obviously are are in retreat right now, kind of regrouping. What what should Luke Weaver fans feel right now about uh, about what he's done and the and the future for Weaver? I'm still into him. Um, there's a couple interesting things going on that uh, make him hard to figure out. But okay, let's say he came with deception. Uh, he has this crazy drop and drive delivery and then he comes over the top of the, on his release point. So it's kind of like he's coming down at you, but then the ball kind of zips up at you. Mm -hmm. Um, his changeup is excellent. I don't think anybody disagrees with that. It's, it's his foundational pitch. And so people are like, what's his third pitch. Right. And Adam Wainwright taught him his curveball. So, I, I have I, I believe in that curveball. It's not an amazing curveball for whiffs, but his curveball command by this stat is excellent. Oh wow. And and it is a newer pitch. He's been working on it more and more and trusting it. He called it a slurve ball. Uh, it's a little and it, yeah, it's a little bit more of a you know a called call strike pitch mm-hmm. uh, that he's Which trying he to excels throw. at, by the way. That Luke Weaver, that's kind of the key driver behind his strikeout rate right now now the strikeout rate has come down this year 21 percent down from 29 percent the year before 
is he going to live more in the low 20s, or do you think Luke Weaver can be a, a 25% plus without improving the, the swinging strike rate, which has always been 9 to 10% about average? Well, the one thing that was cool about what he did last year was he had a high whiff rate and a high zone rate. So he throws in the zone and gets whiffs in the zone, which I think our Alex Chamberlain at, at Rotographs went and looked at the value of in-zone whiff rates versus out-zone and found that in-zone whiff rates are more valuable. So someone who actually has stuff that gets whiffs in the zone, uh, that means they have good stuff. So I think uh, the strikeouts rise a little bit, the whiff rate will rise a little bit. What he's also doing is throwing a two-seamer more uh, than than a four seam and the command numbers say he's bad at the two seam so either he turfs the two seam or he gains command of it after throwing it for a while uh, there's some so there's some opportunity there for him to to get better uh, but in general uh, you know a walk rate near four per nine is not who Luke Weaver is so that's that's where I'm attacking I'm saying that walk rate is going to drop to two and a half. Okay. Going forward. And if you just take what he does right now and drop his walk rate to two and a half, you're still got a sub four ERA guy with good strikeouts. So um, I, I'm buying. And uh, I don't necessarily need to buy him as an ace, but I don't think that anybody, you know, if you look back at last year's stats, 388 ERA, 126 whip, um, you know, nobody should have been saying he was an ace. Yeah, absolutely not. Uh, people were drafting Luke Weaver to be their, you know, third ideally that's that's where you were really setting up and you were hoping he could perform like a two uh some folks who maybe weren't getting in on the on the top 20 or so starters weaver had to be there too but uh, let's see what i had about let's let's get in trouble here i'm at 35 you know 35 there's nothing wrong with that i don't think he's that far from 35 especially since some of the guys around him jeff samarja's uh you know hurt he's throwing 91 uh, Johnny and walking Cueto. everybody, by the way, after we talked about how he doesn't walk guys, he's been walking everybody. Yeah. This, Johnny this Cueto is, is hurt. Um, you know, those are some guys that are just ahead of him on my list. Marcus Stroman, uh, looks hurt or something. It's just not quite right. Danny Salazar hasn't even come up. Tyon's changeup is, has hurt him. So, I mean, I, I think he's probably still top 40. Yeah. I had him 45. I was a little bit more down on him. He would absolutely, he's actually moved up um because so many people me. moved down exactly so <laughs> even with the struggles i feel more confident in luke weaver at least he's healthy he doesn't there's no real marker that he's not healthy exactly so i definitely like him okay so you definitely uh calm some folks down with that let's move on to dylan bundy this will be if you can do this you're a magician if you can calm people down on dylan bundy after what he's done his last three starts it was looking like here comes the nuts. breakout that was nuts. and holy crap you know the two bad starts before that that's one thing those were like four inning and then he broke the record and then he's like you know what i can do better than this <laughs> i will face seven batters i will get none of them out five hits four homers seven earned two walks holy toledo with three starts in a row like this it's hard not to think that it's a doomsday scenario with dylan bundy but what have you seen and is there any hope here because I mean, ninety it, down to ninety one and a half. A guy with major injury track record, by the way. Yeah, um, I can't really do it. I, I mean, like in a AL only. That's really the only thing right now, right? Everything else. I mean, are you cutting him in in ten or twelve teamers, Dylan Bundy? I mean, look at the fact that Baltimore hasn't even heated up yet, so there's more homers coming. Look at the fact that even last year when he was good, uh, he, were there. He, he had homer problems and he was a, a 4-2 ERA guy, which is not something you have to reach and go get. Mm-hmm. Um, the projections said he was going to be bad. Uh, it's funny. I had him at 68 coming into the season. Everyone said, oh, you're the low man. And I said, the projections had him at like 80. And I was 57, so I was, I was trying to, as well. I was trying to push – I was trying to push him because I like his stuff, mm-hmm. but I, I couldn't push him like more than 20 spots above his, his projections. So, um, you know, if I did, if I rank him now, I'd probably move him uh, probably to 80s or something. I did my May run and he was <laughs> he was at 22 and then got killed because I was like, uh, oh, it's two bad starts. I'm not going to freak out. Let's, you know, let's get him. I, I'm liking it. And 
then then he died. And if uh, you can go back in the time machine and remember what you thought of Vince Velasquez. Oh my God, of course I can, because he's actually on the list. Let's just transition to Vince Velasquez. Well, so I had Vince Velasquez as 86 going into the season. That's sort of where I'd put Dylan Bundy now, because the That's stuff fair. is still interesting, right? Mm-hmm. And if he can get it back up to 92 and a half or whatever, take 10 days off or whatever it needs to be, um, then maybe there's maybe the, the, he can recover, because he obviously has a good slider and a good change. Um, and Vince Velasquez was like, he has he has the velocity. It's a little bit different because he has the velocity. But Vince Velasquez is like he has all the things he needs. Um, you know, he can he put it together? Hell hath no fury like a scorned spore. I had him down at one fifteen uh, after buying it on Velasquez for a couple You're years. You're so mad. Like, Forget this. <laughs> you I'm mad, out. bro? Guess who I had above him? Francisco Liriano, which actually, yeah, he's been pitching all right, but. Yeah. Um, you know, That's the point sexy. was, <laughs> I was ranking him to like not draft him, and it was mm-hmm. definitely an overreaction. And now he's pitching really well. I don't want to overreact the other way, completely run the other way on it. Uh, but another big outing today for Vince Velasquez, a baseline quality start, six innings, three runs on five hits, couple solo shots. Actually, it might have been a homer in a two-run two shot, but uh, two homers allowed, 12 strikeouts, one walk against the Giants. Yeah. Um, so now, well, you know, the, 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 uh, Nola hung a 12 on them too. So that's 24 strikeouts in two games. The giants, woohoo. They're they making all sorts of contact. Completely the opposite way of what they were doing against the Braves. They're facing yeah. the two new upstarts on the NL East. They did really well against one and they've gotten demolished Demolish. against the other. Now here's the crazy thing about Velasquez in terms of like not getting too overhyped with this start today. He moved his ERA down to 505. So it's not like he's been beasting, but is this a profile that you want to buy in on right now on the heels of a big start and you think a run's coming? Or is he still going to be kind of this up-down guy and meander his way down to maybe a low to mid-fours? Like, what what do you see from Velasquez from this point forward? I am hopeful, actually. He's been throwing his curveball more and his fastball less. Okay. And that's a little bit iffy for a guy who's had some command issues in the past. But command can also uh, show itself as a uh, home run problem. And that's been more of a problem for him than walks even. So by throwing the curveball more, it's a pretty decent curveball. It's not necessarily his out pitch. This is weird. Is this saying that he's not throwing his curveball more? I see. Oh, see, pitch info versus. Oh, I'm looking at his changeup. Yeah, it's a come at the cost of his changeup. But I see, I see a legit four pitch mix. Uh, mm-hmm. I think he overvalues his fastball because he throws it hard. And he needs to get on Houston and start bringing that down to 50 percent usage or less I with the so. fastball. And I see some of that happening. I'd like to see the game log here real quick. I, mean, I, six... I saw. I already wrote about him early in the season saying the curveball uh, usage is good. Um, and let's see if he kept that up since I talked. Yeah, the curveball usage is hovering at 20%, really. And So, so Velasquez uh, really using his curveball, but you'd like to see maybe fewer fastballs filtered into even more curveballs or maybe some more sliders and change-ups? Yeah, and he, he started the season at 65 and 68% fastballs and uh, has then since been at like 50, 56. So um, I, I, that's, I, think, I count that as a good change. I, I think fewer fastballs... It uh, and 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 look what happened today. The home runs came early when he's throwing fastballs. Uh, pitchers traditionally throw fastballs early in the count. Um, and then once he started throwing his secondary stuff, that they were striking out a bunch. So I think the analytics squad in Philadelphia is actually really strong. Sam Fold, my homeboy, is over there now, and uh, they're listening to their analytics team with the with the new front office. Uh, I could see this uh, really developing well. I doubt that I'd pay like a real asset to get him, but he—I don't think he costs a real asset. I'm not sure I think you he's have really to. Really on right? waiver wires. I think, I exactly. think this is a guy you pick up today, and people go, "Oh, you just picked him up because he, you know, trounced a, a giant squad." And you know, I don't know what the next, uh, what the next start brings him, but maybe you leave him on your bench for a start, um, you know, and just see see what happens in the next start. But uh, but have him on your have him on your team. I I I am a fan. I've, I've got him in some leagues, and I'm. Let me see now what Command Plus says. Yeah, what what does Command Plus say about old Vince Velasquez? I'm sure you can say it's good. By the way, while you're looking <laughs> that up, 
I am reminded of an early season. I think it was in mid-April, but as opposed to mid-May, but an early season demolition of an NL West team that made us believe that he had arrived when he had that shutout, that 16 strikeout shutout against the Padres and, uh, you know, had some good starts the rest of the way, but for the most part was pretty meh, had a 466 ERA over the next 116 innings. So, but I would take that right now at this point with, because he's at five. He's so. a classic. He's a classic, uh, big stuff, bad command guy. Uh, mm-hmm. they, you know, they at stats actually have a, a number called whiff plus, which is something that, um, y'all would be pretty comfortable with in terms of what's the movement and the movement on the pitches and the movement of velocity on the pitches, you know, is it above average? And, uh, their, their, uh, their whiff plus has him as comfortably above average and their command plus has him as comfortably below average. He's, um, 111th out of, uh, 151. That's before today's start. Maybe it goes up a little bit, but, um, if you want to have some comparables in certain, in terms of command, Caleb Smith, Zach Godby, right um, uh, Francisco Liriano. So not hey, not command. I, I nailed it when I ranked him. Um, <laughs> but no, but that, that is Francisco Liriano. Yes, young Liriano. Now Liriano. <laughs> no, 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 no. Be careful. Yeah, and if you're working with that time bomb of now Liriano, I'm loving it because I've always liked Liriano and he's pitching you know relatively well for my favorite team, but. There's no universe where I expect his uh, 1.5 strikeout-to-walk ratio to maintain a 335 ERA. All right, last one. Just a quick thought on Lance Lynn uh, because, for me, he looks like a buy because I just don't think he's this bad. And if he was hurt, I believe they would take him off the field. And I think he's going to kind of turn it around. These walks are insane. Uh, did you find anything in his command, despite this crazy walk rate, that suggests maybe there's some hope here? He did just have a great start on Cinco de Mayo as well. I think he goes either tonight or tomorrow. I don't know if, if the Twins are playing. Uh, they are, and let's see if he's going. Uh, but either way, Lance Lynn, is he somebody that, that you see buying low on because of a 720 ADRA and a crazy 7.0 strikeouts or walks per nine coming down, or is, are you running away from Lance Lynn? I've always thought Lance Lynn had great command. I'm a little surprised to see him here as a below-average command, 99, oh, wow. 99 out of 150. That's really surprising. Is that just this year, though? It is. Okay, it so is. that— Oh, and look what. I actually have 17 versus 18. So let me see what 17 has in store for Lance Lynn. Uh, average. Okay. Well, that's better. I, I was If he'd have been below average even when he was doing well— I thought he was like a plus man, guys. If you could, if you ever got, if you guys ever do, I think probably back in the day he was. I was going to say because he allowed homers last year. Yeah, Yeah. he allowed a lot of homers last year. And if you look from eleven to fifteen, he had a point seven homer nine three three walk rate. Like he was, was, I don't know. I like Lance Lynn. It's the best velocity of his career. It's the best velocity of the last four years, five years. So, um. Throwing most curveballs in the last four years, that could be somewhat related to the walks. Uh, I would buy him in an AL only. Okay, I'd go. Yeah. I'd go buy him in an AL only because I think they're going to keep running him out there. And worst case scenario, he's like a four-two guy. Yeah, and you know, he's I'd scoop uh, him in deeper mixes, especially if he's on the wire. But even in a trade, I'd be interested in in, in taking a look there. But uh, that that's where I'm at with Lance. I just want to get a quick thought there. So. Uh, we'll go ahead and wrap it up. We're on a hard stop here. Really appreciate you coming on, Eno. Definitely going to ask you back on uh, sometime very soon. Thank you so much. And again, folks, get on The Athletic. Hit the piece. It'll be in the show notes. Subscribe through there if you decide to subscribe so they understand that Eno's excellence is what's bringing you, Eno. And, and tomorrow, well, I'll, I'll do the, the catch line in a second, but tomorrow I've got I, – I because uh, – the the link between the readers and the writers at the athletic is pretty strong. I mean, once you subscribe, you have a strong voice. Uh, anytime you say something, there are multiple people listening. Yeah. And uh, since so many people subscribed when I did my pitcher rankings, we now have a we well we have the the desire to create a fancy section. Right now, the fancy section is me. Uh, and so I still do a, a chat and, a, and I do a fancy column every week. Tomorrow my fancy column is going to use these command numbers and I'm going to have three buy lows and three sell highs. We talked about two of them today, but that leaves Folks, four. If that's not enough to subscribe, I don't know what is. By the way, how many comments in your chat do you get telling people, 
of people telling you that I'm also chatting right now. Oh, I get a, I, I get a little bit of that. Yeah, I get that every week. Uh, how does it? Are, are you competing with Eno because you hate him now? It's like I've always hated him. What do you mean now? <laughs> like, no, I'm just kidding. I I'm guess like, so, equal amounts of like, why can't I post my memes or my my video? And I'm like, I'm, oh. Yeah, I don't know. Embed some video from Pornhub, y'all. Stop. I know, and the text, and the text, and also, uh, I don't get to choose the comments, so oh. uh, they, 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 it's more like a, it's like a, just comments get put up there, and I answer them. So it could be Spamsville. They could. Oh, uh, but well, wild. it wouldn't necessarily be Spamsville because these people all paid to be there, you know. But it, it. Oh yeah, good it, point. Good point. Uh, but I, I don't think the texts are like itching to i've asked them repeatedly can you uh, allow them to embed video but they're not like itching to allow commenters to just embed any video they want yeah because you know you can get a couple bad apples <laughs> bunch, but, uh, even if people right. pay and their names attached to it what uh, time does your chat start especially in my chat you can tell <laughs> exactly once the lewds start flowing you just exactly. never know what time does your chat start uh i do mine at one eastern i thought it was getting out from under you but i moved mine back not not to compete with you but um for the dorkiest reason ever because of when new content drops on mlb the show it drops like it usually drops during my chat and then I'll, everyone in my chat is telling me everything that came out and asking me questions about it so i was like you know what i'll move my chat up so i think now we're directly competing it's like when um man i can't think of what the other show was but there used to be two there used to be like shows that would go up against friends or seinfeld when network tv mattered and uh, we're, we're like two competing shows on ABC and NBC, but um, I'm rambling now, so you know, <laughs> take us out. Thanks for listening. Want an unfair advantage to dominate your fantasy baseball league? Well, look no further and download SquadQL, the only mobile app you need to crush your friends and rivals this year. Download SquadQL for free for your Apple and Android devices. SquadQL recommends the best starting lineup each day based on your starters, bench players, and free agent pool. How does SquadQL actually do this? The app connects directly with your Yahoo, ESPN, and CBS leagues, pulling in your actual roster, your league scoring system. The app also provides waiver wire recommendations, daily updates to player rankings, and much more. Head to the Apple app or Google Play stores to download SquadQL, your all-in-one fantasy baseball manager. SquadQL is brought to you by the creators of RotoQL, the leading daily fantasy Lineup optimizer trusted by over 100,000 DFS players. You can also download RotoQL for free for both Apple and Android.